Hey guys, our guest tonight is our good friend Anna Maria Manalo, who's stopping in to talk about her latest book, The Infernal. Be back in a minute. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how you doing? Happy Wednesday. Hope everybody's having a great work week. Oh my God, I crushed her. Look at that. I crushed her down by accident. Hope everybody's having a great work week. We're in the middle right now and uh, heading into that weekend. All kinds of fun stuff. It's the holidays, Christmas lights, you know, just parades, you name it. It's all happening right now. Uh, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts. I did it again, didn't I? Look at that. I keep hitting the wrong bloody button. There we go. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal issue, we can help you. It might take us a couple days to get to you because California is a huge state. People don't realize how big it is. We've got everything. We've got the ocean. We've got mountains. We've got high desert. We've got low desert. A lot of rural areas. So that's why it might take us some time to get to you. However, in the case that it does take some time to get to you, we do have mediums on staff who can phone you. And if you do have a paranormal issue going on, in most cases, they can settle the energy down until we get out there. All right. That being said, welcome. And today, if you're watching from Facebook, and a lot of you are, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. We're always looking for followers for this show. And also, during the, during the show, if you want to hit up the chat room or you want to um, just leave us some love, some thumbs up and things like that, that would help greatly, too, because the FYP geniuses at Facebook uh, see that and they put us out to more people. Same thing with YouTube. Uh, I have over more than 800 videos sitting over there and they're all different topics, including stuff like this. We have uh, medium Nancy Matz is over there, you know, with all those good topics and the cryptids, you name it, we cover it over there. I put them all into folders so they're easier to find. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. So if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't subscribed to you, our YouTube channel yet, please do so. We're trying to build that up or so. Well, I could taste it. We're, we're, we're like a little over 250 away from hitting that thousand mark for subscribers. So I'm real excited. So the closer we can get, the better. All right. That being said, again, same, same rules, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, hit that follow, you know, hit that subscribe button. Uh, show us some love, thumbs up, happy faces and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, that'll put us higher in the FYP. All right. Uh, you can find California Haunts on uh, Facebook at California Haunts, California Haunts Radio. Sacramento Sears, C-S-E-E-R-S, -E -E like as in, as in Aphrodite being a seer, okay, things like that. You can also find us over at Instagram under Ghosty Gal. You can find us on TikTok under California Haunts, uh, Twitter where California Haunts, Twitch where I believe we're Cal Haunts, and you can find us at YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio, and also find us at, I forgot one, oh yes, meetup, meetup.com, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. That being said, I'm gonna let's bring Anna in and let's get this show on the road. 
Hello. How, how are you? <laughs> I'm here. It's really rainy and mucky and just disgusting outside. So it's nice to be indoors talking to you. See, you get to spend time with me. I mean, that's the bright side, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I was, at, I was at Walgreens and I have it, but my friend was with me. And I said, isn't that hat definitely me? And she looked at me and went, put it in the cart. Okay. So here we are. So it's I get to, wear Jack, get to wear Jack and Sally for the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been doing? We haven't talked in a long time. Oh, I know. Um, so I put out this new book uh, in time for Halloween. And now I'm starting to do a little bit of research on the next one coming up. Uh, and I don't know if I told you that I was actually going on a writing retreat yes. to get it finished and completed uh, and promote it properly. So I've been working on that, but it's been pretty quiet otherwise. I mean, I just go, you know, different activities locally and trying to do some Christmas shopping and just seeing different kinds of stuff, you know, leading up to the season. So that's pretty mm -hmm. exciting. You are so good at what you do. I try. <laughs> you, you go all these places. It's impressive. It's really impressive. And I was just thinking about your retreat this morning. And um, you're going to, it's going to be in France, right? Because you're just going yes. to France for this retreat. Yeah. How old is the building that you're going to be staying in? Um, I actually haven't researched the history of that, but I understand it's from the 16th century. <laughs> so it is actually pretty big and it's a, it's an, a chateau, which my understanding is not necessarily a castle because it doesn't have a moat. Uh, see honking or hear honking in the background. It's my dog playing with the pet pig. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, he has a plastic pet pig. <laughs> So pardon the noise because he's constantly on that. And uh, I'm, I've moved down to the dining room because the internet seems to be stronger down here. Absolutely. But uh, the chateau is smaller by a shade from a castle. And I'm told the difference is that there's no moat around it. Mm -hmm. It's completely renovated. Um, and it has all these beautiful period furniture. And my understanding is, a lot of it are antiques. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, if that's yes. not a recipe for some action, I don't know what is. Yeah. I was just thinking of you because I remember reading um, one of my favorite books is The Ghost of Fly 401. Nope. And I remember John G. Fuller, because when he started out the book, he was a skeptic, you know, about these ghosts. But he stayed at this retreat in the Catskills. And oh. they were old cabins that, that the writers would go to so, so they could be alone and write and all this. And they had a meeting place where they could meet. But he said, you know, on the walls of each one of these um, cabins, writers had signed their names on these little plaques of wood. And they mm -hmm. put them by the fireplace. And so he, he, he would go over and look. And, and, and the older the wood was, the darker the, the plaque was. Yeah. So yeah. they decided to get together being writers. And they decided to do a, a Ouija board session. I think in his cabin. I'm not positive, but anyway, so he's he's observing this and he's a skeptic. And and uh so they're on the Ouija board and he says, I don't know if it was Emily Dickinson. I can't remember which poet is the one that had like more darker poems. Oh, uh like Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, That's yeah, only it was a female. 
Yeah, it was a female. Oh, female, female. yeah. It was it was a, she does have dark poems. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And this ghost that they came in contact with claimed to be Emily Dickinson. Oh. And so he goes to the fireplace and he's looking at the you know, at these things. Oh. He realizes that that her piece of wood is 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 on it's uh, is on the bricks. Oh, great. And so now he's getting interested because you know they're doing this this session. Anyway, they get to a point where they say, "Well, we would like to see you." Mm. And the reply comes, "Sure, if you blow out the lights." Oh. <laughs> and he says it took him a while because he was like, "We have electricity. What the hell is she talking about, right?" And then it mm -hmm. dawns on him when she was there writing, they either had candlelight or they were using oil lamps. Oh, geez. Which is where that came from. So I just thought I would share that a little bit because you're going into the, 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 the chateau that's been there forever. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. there's going to be a lot of history in there and you're probably going to have a lot of unseen friends moving around. So what they're trying to do is reserve it um, just for us, and what in the process of doing that, yeah. they blocked out all the other guests that are not related to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Can you hear my dog honking? Yes, it's okay. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I take the dogs. honking away. Oh, <laughs> I'll be right have, back. Okay, okay. I have dogs, it's all good. <laughs> Believe me, my dogs, my cats. Oh my god, I got a male cat that's very vocal, so piercing screams so i'm used to noises from animals i love talking to anna maria it's so fun so so fun okay okay i'm back sorry about that it's not any worse it's not any worse than my male cat that likes to be vocal <laughs> constantly and he screams and it sounds like a death scream oh that's not good <laughs> yeah. But that's what it's just what he does, you know, just how yeah. he is. Um, so, go ahead. No, I was just going to add before I drastically had to leave for the dog. Um, what they did was they closed off the entire chateau, and I don't know how many rooms. It looks humongous to me, but apparently they closed it off for the next seven nights. Wow, for the duration and. Um, they do have kitchen staff, obviously, because there's supposed to be a gentleman coming in to cook mm -hmm. food for us three times a day, mm -hmm. in addition to people who are, you know, helping to kind of clean up and do whatever they need to do to maintain the place. Right. Uh, but they all leave <laughs> at nightfall once everything is done. And basically, it is just the nine of us that are going to be there. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so that part to me, I didn't anticipate because I was assuming it was just a hotel. Right. But apparently they closed it off. So it's going to be probably about 15 miles, I'm told, from the closest town. Wow. And it has 60 hectares of land all around. Wow. So I, I think if I am correct... And correct me if I'm wrong, a hectare is about three acres. Right. So figure, wow. you know, 60 hectares times three. That's your acreage right there. Um, so it'll Dang. be pretty isolated. <laughs> well, if I were you, I'd take a flashlight and use a voice recorder, you know, and, and do some <laughs> stuff in there. Because you're, you're going to have activity in that sucker, I'll tell you right now. 
Oh, I just hope it's not in my bedroom. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right about it. This is what gets. This is what gets me. I'm the same way. Here I deal with this stuff every day, you know, for clients and everything, but I don't like it like happening to me. Um, here you are, a writer. This is this is what you write about, and you're the same way I am because it's just like, no, I'm good. Just you know, just leave me alone. I'll just write about the stuff and get you know, and get and get your message out. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it so it's inspiring supposedly because it's beautiful, right. but on the other hand, it also might give me some uh, ideas right. uh, <laughs> to to add on <laughs> to this particular story. <laughs> so I'll let you know when I come back. Oh my God! Yes, we 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 have to talk about that. Definitely talk about that trip. How did you come up with the idea for the infernal? Um, actually, the Inferno was originally supposed to be nonfiction. Mm -hmm. uh, I had two people sign off the permission. The third person, because they still lived there, uh, they wouldn't sign off. Oh. So in the process of that, and, and my steadfast rule here is if it's 80% nonfiction, as in true, then it's nonfiction. Right. But it starts to hover at 50%, and I had to kind of like make up the rest of it then sure. it becomes fiction in my estimation. So true to the word I put on the cover, it's based on a true story because if you recall haunted heirlooms way back, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. this is probably now going into a year since it's been published, um, there was the very first intro, the story that involved me mm -hmm. um, with a haunted chair. And in that particular story, there were two gentlemen. They were both college friends mm -hmm. that lived at a beach house not far from campus. So this is actually the continuation okay. um, of that story, what happened to them when they finally fled the beach house after we had that seance. Um, something lingered behind. They couldn't get rid of the chair that we ended up dragging over there. Mm -hmm. It finally ended up right on the edge of the water, but for some reason, the tide wouldn't even take it away. So the, the trash people finally took it away. Uh, and then they, they had lingering activity at the beach house. They left. Yeah. So right. they went hunting for another home. And this is where this begins because uh, they're just such lucky people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the third one was, pretty happy not to join them. Uh, he stayed in the same town where they rented, but he didn't rent with them anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so this story picks up where that left off. And basically they end up researching the house and later on, years and years later, shared with me what happened to them. Awesome. 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 That chair was very haunted. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was... That was some spooky stuff. I have a haunted table over here, you know, in my, in my dining room, but not like that chair. Yeah, Tim oh wasn't close to that chair at all. Does it so, move? Does it have uh, any no, but kind it had, of... It had, it, had a, it had a being attached to it. That's still there. So it had an attachment. So when you're entertaining, you get an extra guest at the table? Yes, yes. <laughs> I try not to go in there because even going in there, you, you can feel it. 
Oh my. You could feel it. Like I used to like, you know, do homework and stuff at that table and I always felt uneasy there. And you know, and now I know why. And I've had a psychic come through and say, Hey, you know, there's something attached to that. You know, the more I do this, Charlotte, and I don't know if this is true for you, but the more I walk into these antique stores, the more mm -hmm. sensitive I become without meaning to or without trying to. Um, like recently, just about two weeks ago, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine had taken me on a little antique trip. And we went to a couple of stores that was probably about maybe 30, 40 minutes away. And I walked into a corner that was heavily loaded with, you know, sometimes these stores are filled to the brim mm -hmm. because they're trying different kinds of consigners or people who want to sell their stuff. And um, there was something about this. They called it an antique rest. They, mm -hmm. You rest your neck. It's supposed to be a pillow, mm -hmm. but it's made out of porcelain. And I don't know if you've ever seen one, but it actually uh, is made out of porcelain, doesn't look anything like a pillow, but it's kind of like just a wedge. And back in the day, apparently this is of Japanese origin. Mm -hmm. People laid their neck, not their head. They laid their neck on this rest and slept that way. Wow. So first of all, it was odd when we approached it. I've never seen anything like it before, but it also had some kind of an aura attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to explain. It's, uh, you know, first of all, antique stores sometimes do creep you out because it's musty. Mm -hmm. Two, it comes sometimes with an unmistakable scent. Right. You know, that that's... A, it's it's not clean is the right. only way I can describe it. And and when I approached this neck rest, it was kind of a, a dread is the feeling I got from it. So whatever, whoever owned it before mm -hmm. left some kind of an imprint on it. And we, we didn't even touch it. I mean, we, we tend to touch things and examine them and you know we try not to pick them up depending on how much they cost but you know sometimes in trying to figure out whether it's real you have to pick it up like a teacup look on right. the bottom see if it's numbered and marked mm -hmm. um and i've picked up numbers numbers numerous objects in the past to look to see if they were real or not or whatever and this is one of them that kind of like instantly just repelled us and said no just don't bother with it you're you don't want it anywhere near you Right, right. Um, so we kind of veered away. So I'm becoming that I just noticed personally increasingly sensitive to the these. The more you're around it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so you probably feel the same way. I do. In fact, I know because I was sensitive as a kid. But then, like you know, you get to that certain age, and it, you don't. You're not sensitive because you got other things going on in your life. But then when I got into hanging out with the paranormal teams, it came back and it came back in weird ways, hmm. you know, where it kept increasing. So, so the more I did it, the more sensitive I got again. And I was, hmm. was going to ask you about that because you, you do write these books and you know, I was going to ask you if, if you find yourself having more experiences. 
Well, it's interesting because initially I wasn't really that sensitive to it, which is probably mm -hmm. why I was more adventurous and a risk taker. Mm -hmm. But I find that there's a group uh, in my friendship circle that does like antiques. Uh, and if, if you're on Facebook with me, which I, you are, yes. um, you've seen I've wandered through a few of them uh, mm -hmm. recently. Um, and, and the one of them, it, it's interesting because you, you look through all kinds of objects because there's so many, you don't really know which one has something attached to it or some type of imprint because there's so many. But right. generally, if you walk into a hallway and there's something there that's uh, kind of bothering you, <laughs> sometimes it's just a feeling of sadness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or maybe even kind of like a sense that you're being watched, which I don't like. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so I have to say the more I go and wander off, the more in tune I become. It's almost like you're honing in on a foreign language. And you're starting to understand the nuances of the language. Right. You know, the more you're in the presence of these things, the more you can tell which one is okay and there's nothing to it and uh, which one is not. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, that that leads to this kid that's in this book that I wrote, her attraction to these kinds of things that seem to be alluring her, that, you know, kind of like, inviting her to approach it and touch it and ultimately she took it home wow well that's how it happens that's how it happens do you find yourself uh oh i lost me hang on uh oh <laughs> let me get back in I'm here <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days you can tell computer's oh, been no. doing computer's been doing weird stuff all day so let's see what i can do here i'm gonna pop us on to a restart here and see what happens hang on okay There we go. Oh, lost her. Sorry about that. This camera, for some reason, the USB plug is very sensitive. So if I move my knee a certain way, it'll disconnect itself for some reason, even though it's all plugged in. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Could be activity. Could be that. They could be talking to us as we're talking about them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you collect antiques. Yes, actually, I just got one that uh, is a toothpaste, toothbrush container. If there ever was a container for anything, this was the strangest thing I've come upon. Um, it looks to me like genuinely antique. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how long ago people used to use a toothpaste and toothbrush. It's not a holder. It's not like one of those things that you get at a store where right. you stand the toothbrush in little holes right. and there's like a toothpaste tube, um, you know, slot. It's more like a pencil case. So you open up the porcelain cap, the lid, uh, and you put one toothbrush and hopefully your toothpaste tube fits in 
because it's kind of narrow. That's different. Yeah, it's different. That one I actually picked up because I was pretty tuned into, you know, I don't want to bring anything home. Right. I picked it up. I turned it over, looked at it, you know, played with it for a little bit of time. Uh, and I felt nothing. Wow. So, <laughs> but that being the case, I, I did buy it. I thought it was a curio and it was interesting. And actually, I'm going to use it as a centerpiece when I go to my book fest and do my book signings. I'll plunk it right there for people to see. And it'll be a conversation piece about an antique. That is really cool, though. Yeah, that, it's I've very never different. heard of anything like that. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's different. And it was the only one, you know, in the case. They had all kinds of different cosmetic cases and compacts mm -hmm. and ballpoint pens. This one just sat by itself. That's really cool. That's that's definitely cool. What about big items? Did you, did you get tables or anything like that from these antique shops? No, not really. Um, we're kind of, well, I wouldn't say it's crowded, but it's like kind of like at the point where we downsized and the house is now comfortable. We eliminated a lot of things from the old home. And so we've gotten to the point where we're only bringing with us usable things. So what I find myself is doing is I just confine it to porcelain. Mm -hmm. I just do little items. I, I think the biggest ones that I have are uh, Himalayan singing bowls, if you've heard of them. Right, right, right. Um, right. And, and, and and they have a totally different energy. They're, they're just very serene when you play them. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I get little things like tea and saucer sets and, you know, little things like, um, you know, something that carries cookies and things of that nature. So okay, that's cool. a downsize. Cool. <laughs> And now yeah. it's a lot easier because you can, you can get a feeling of whether it's it's got attachment or not. So that helps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and they're just cuter, you know, because mm -hmm. it, we have a smaller house. So I figured, okay, I'll look at things that are more tabletop. I still collect blue and white. So that's probably the biggest ones, I would say. It's sometimes I get vases, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I make sure I open the lid and... and Get a feel of what's inside, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> and and you never know if it's sealed. I walk away. I am not about to discover like a Pandora's box. Do not buy Roman antiquities. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. Um, you know, as a writer of these books, I mean, how do you protect yourself? Because I know even. When I'm, when I'm all shooting video of my investigations and I bring that stuff home and I'm working mm -hmm. on the evidence and I'm doing all this, what do you do to protect yourself to keep these things from coming to you? Because people don't realize that, you know, even though you've left it behind and you're just writing about it, mm -hmm. it'll still come to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I had um, quite a number of incidents when I was writing Night Visitants uh, mm -hmm. and that taught me a lesson. Um and, and the interesting part about this is, you know, for about a lifetime now, since mm -hmm. I was about two years old, I've always been around these types of uh, energy, mm -hmm. negative energy. Um, and through the years, being raised as a Roman Catholic, I've been taught a lot of protection prayers. Mm -hmm. But most recently, I renewed that um, in the form of actually consulting people who investigate like you do. 
and I've gotten a few books on protection prayers. I pray to Padre Pio, who is someone who was uh, a very avid uh, exorcist in his time, a very mm -hmm. effective one, as a matter of fact. Um, and one of the things that I've learned to do is to actually recite them uh, mm -hmm. very fervently, including the rosary, before I sit down and actually absorb myself in a couple of chapters to write a book. Mm -hmm. um, when I was writing Night Visitants, and this goes back to April when it was released, uh, I had a few incidents that were very unsettling. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if we've discussed that, but that was one where I actually had to pause for two weeks in the writing of the book before I finally picked it up again. Mm -hmm. I was already halfway through the book. Uh, it was very disarming. I found that I was dealing with dualities in the writing of the book, the dualism coming from the good and the bad. And there's a constant battle between those two forces that happen within each of our lifetimes. Uh, what wins determines um, how much we evolve spiritually. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a constant battle. Everything they say constantly moves and the movements are always in the negative or the positive direction. Mm -hmm. So when I wrote Night Visitants, I was not aware I was going to be dealing with those dualities. The gentleman I wrote it about, all his experiences were positive. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the woman he referred to me, whom he referred to as an abductee, uh, was dealing with all negative experiences. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I interwove their experiences so that you could easily or the reader could easily see the juxtaposition of the force between good and evil. It's probably the best way I can explain it. And I've never, never thought I would write the book in that way, but I did. Mm -hmm. With the Infernal, what I ended up doing was I was introducing the background of how this happened to this mm -hmm. house uh, because the history of it was shared with me after some extensive research and talking to other people who were mm -hmm. in the vicinity. I decided I would start with this child's story because this centers on a very troubled child. Um, the child grew up in a very dysfunctional family. It was very toxic. Uh, and in the process, she herself, was progressively becoming depressed and withdrawn. And mm -hmm. she started turning inwards were it not for two close friends that were mm -hmm. in school. Mm -hmm. um, so I began with that. And then I progressed to what was happening because of the way she left that home. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a cautionary tale, Charlotte, for every parent out there who has a child who might be withdrawing from them or feels alienated from the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. Because in this case, what happened was the child was a gifted artist. She loved to read. So unlike the other teens of the day, and this was set in the 70s, mm -hmm. she would go to the public library with her friends to study, but she would also explore books. Mm -hmm. And in the process, she stumbled upon a book, which is actually a very rare book. It had several editions. The sixth edition had about, I would say, 50 to 60 plates. That is 
detailed illustrations of demons. Wow. And it's called the Dictionnaire Infernal. Um, it was authored by a gentleman who was French in the 16th century. Uh, the first five editions had no drawings, but it had detailed explanations of what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, not benevolent. Mm -hmm. uh, and then someone decided to make illustrations. I don't know where he got the illustrations from. Right. Whether he was inspired in a malevolent way to show what they look like. I have no research on that. I found very little on it. And I, frankly, Charlotte, I don't want to research that much on this particular book or spend I any wouldn't either. No. Um, but suffice it to say that the book is rare. Uh, there is a limited number of the book that's the actual copies from the original mm -hmm. copyright. There are copies of it on Amazon. I would not tell people to purchase it. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're curious, they could probably take a look at it uh, for whatever reason or another. Uh, this child decided she found it in the public stack, public library stack, all the way up in the eaves of the library. And she started to make illustrations of the sketches. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Talk about channeling. Woo. Yeah. That kind of energy. Yikes. So Yikes. there's two explanations, Char. And I'm curious which one you would want to endorse. But I mean, not to put you on the spot, but there is one theory that when you put your intention, mm -hmm. when you put all your energy into actually trying to make come to life something that is just something two dimensional, like mm -hmm. a, a drawing in this mm -hmm. case, sometimes they happen um, and it brings back the name of an anthropologist. Uh, Alexandra David Neal, mm -hmm. who actually conjured an entity, but it was a very friendly entity. Mm -hmm. uh, it was something she learned by going to Tibet and learning from monks the fact that your mind is so strong that it can actually create or have the ability to create something that can be visible and can move, can, can be animated for weeks on end. Mm -hmm. um, and if you look in the back of this book, I make reference to her. I also make reference to a film called Harvey. Uh, Harvey is actually a rabbit. You're laughing. Right. Yes. yes. I love the movie. Yeah. And, and even in Canada, they replicated these experiments and they were successful. So the one school of thought said to me, and then this is during my writing, I've, you know, asked a few people about it. Mm -hmm. They said, it sounds to me like it's a thought form, mm -hmm. uh, a really bad thought form, obviously a very evil and powerful thought form. Mm -hmm. And then the exorcist said to me, no, that's something that was conjured. Uh, the girl was possibly a black witch. Uh mm -hmm. This is something she did by reading the book and concentrating her efforts to try to avenge herself of all the stuff that she suffered. That also makes sense to me. I had issues uh, when I was training to look into demonology, you know, you know, for my team. 
And I remember reading mm-hmm. a couple books. I remember the weird things that were happening because I was so into the, you know, I was so into reading this book that I don't know if my mind was doing it or what was going on, but just by reading this stuff, negative things were happening in my house as I was reading. So I stopped taking the class. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done with this. But as far as the conjuring thing in your mind, I have heard of that. I've heard of people saying that with EVPs. There is a building, and I'm not going to say where it's at here in California, where a lot of people go to Ghost Hunt. It's very famous for its, 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 its lady ghost. The problem was it was never haunted. Oh. The original owner <laughs> made up a story. And oh. then, of course, subsequently the ghost hunters went in there and they created this energy form over the years of going in there. So when you do go in there, you still, because you believe she's there, you still get the EVPs, you still, you still get stuff, but it's just, it's, it's like an imprint of, of what people have created with their minds. So it can be done, you know, via the mind like that. It but reminds me of Slender Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, have you, uh, I've never come across the actual website or heard about it. After the fact, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember the name of the kid who actually originally uh, put the website together and created mm-hmm. Slenderman. And because it, it it was just a myth, but it gained energy with all its followers, yes. making yes. something out of out of thin air. Yep. And I, you know, this these were three kids in their early mm-hmm. teens uh, who you know, wanted this to happen and spent weeks and weeks and weeks and even maybe even months from what I understand, Mm -hmm. um, trying to bring something to life in their own fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, it's kind of like slender man in in the way of, I, I mean, if you can create something negative, you can also create something positive. Right. Um, but I, I, the combination of the book itself, Mm-hmm. that they found plus what they wanted. I think that was really just a lethal combination. And and you're right. When you read these things, I, I did not believe it to tell you the truth. The first right. time it was told to me, I'd never heard of the book, never knew anything about the book. And I thought, why would anyone take the time to draw detailed sketches Mm-hmm. Of all these entities that no one wants to have anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. someone actually, interestingly enough, said to me, it's real. Here it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was to me very puzzling, first of all, why someone would author a book like that. Right. Because it could go anywhere. It could be in the hands. In this case, it ended up in the hands of a child. Right. Right. And you know there's a children's book about that stuff, too. You know that, right? That's out on the market. No. No. Yeah. Once in a while, it comes across Facebook. And you can see it. And it's it's children's stories. It's it's along the line of children's stories of, of the satanic. Oh, great. But it is out there. Circulating. You know, and then they, and then people buy. It. I don't know why people would buy it for their kid, but you know what I mean. Somehow, 
it, it reaches people to buy it for their kids, and I don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't get why you would buy something like that. And, and you know, even though it's illustrated for children and all this, I, I just it boggles my mind. Now the Constantinos, you know who they are, right? The Constantinos, EVP. Experts. No, no, no. They're, Tell they're, me. No, they're no longer. They're no longer with us, but. They were like the top at one time. They were the top EVP experts in Cal, in, you know, in, in in the Western United States, and they were doing studies on this. They were doing studies on creating their own ghosts that they would actually catch on EVP. Mm. And at the time of their deaths, they they were starting to publish this stuff, you know, where they were able to to create just with their mind certain types of ghosts, certain types of personalities, and then do these EVP sessions. And get the answers from these created ghosts. So it's an know, interesting it, study. It, it's interesting because if, if you notice, in the midst of doing these things, something happens to them, mm -hmm. which I find very disquieting. So mm -hmm. I guess what I would like to ask is, did they die naturally or did something tragic happen to them? It was tragic. It was very tragic. Um, I'll send you the info afterwards. I don't want to talk about it okay. now, but it was very what, what what happened was very 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 tragic and shocking, to be perfectly honest. Um, oh and I see I see that all the time. You know, people that delve with this stuff, they don't realize what it's you know when you start delving into the paranormal, whether it's negative or positive, how much it takes out of you mm -hmm. because it, uh, it sucks your energy down. You know, you have to be careful. I know it's, it's all fun. It's all fun. It's like the Catholic Church says, you know, sometimes it's all fun and games until you have to call a priest. Yes. Yes. Because inadvertently, when something happens, even the biggest skeptics, they get to that point where, you know, it's gotten out of hand. Then they then, then they call a priest, whether they're Catholic or not. They, they call a priest out to yeah. undo the damage. You know, you can't play with that stuff. And like with her, she was fascinated. She was probably fascinated with it. And she got so involved with it, it just sucked her in. I mean, that's that's where you have, what is it, the, the four or five stages of, 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 of possession. Because there's, mm -hmm. there's several stages people go through for possession. You know? And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and she was just fascinated enough. She wanted to draw these things to, to see what they look like. And she just kept getting more and more and more and more into it. It's frightening. And Charlotte, the saddest part is this is a gifted child that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if the parents had just been more supportive of her right. and recognized her potential and veered her energy in a positive way, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have turned out the way that it had. I mean, I'm not going to give away the ending, but right, right, um, right. the, the saddest part though. about the whole thing is she's got... Uh, thank you. <laughs> I I kind of left it open because I really honestly don't know where she is. Right. I honestly don't know what had happened or transpired um, after the one girl. Uh, mm -hmm. And and we don't know where the boy is either. I mean, they're mm -hmm. both grown people if, if they're both alive. Um, but it's a cautionary tale for parents yes. to really watch what their kids are doing. You know, mm -hmm. that means she's disappearing for you know, hours on end, she ends up on the uh, attic of the next door neighbor's house. Nobody yeah. even knew that she had been occupying that attic. And um, 
it's sad when you think about how busy people have become these days uh, that they don't realize where their children are half the time. Uh, and, and children want their power. They want their identity. They want to excel in something. Uh, and, and this child definitely was very precocious. She excelled in being an artist, but it got channeled in the wrong direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's just it's just sad. It's sad. Like, like you say, parents need to keep a closer eye on their kids. And be more involved in, in what are you reading today? You know, what are you doing? Where you know, where are you going? And just keep more track of them because it's so easy for them to get a hold of this kind of stuff and slip right in. And kids are very impressionable. So, you know, when you were just telling me a few minutes ago that uh, there's children's books out there with illustrations like that, I mean, my gosh, you know, it doesn't take much. For a child no. to truly believe what they're reading, and the next mm -hmm. thing you know, they're you know talking about it, sharing mm -hmm. it with friends, and um, you know they have nightmares about it, and who knows what's entering the room. Right, exactly. Just like the Ouija boards. That's the other thing that that I get irritated about. Bad enough that they're out on the market, but then they're then they're they custom make them for for boys and girls to make it more appealing. Oh my gosh. Like, like the, the Barbie doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a pink Ouija board out there for girls, for little girls to play with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so wow. I mean, whether the companies are doing this on purpose because they're being run by somebody that's, you know, that, that's not so nice or whether it's just a thing because they think it's a, it's a fun game. Who knows? But these things are on the market and it's really, it's really scary to see. Like you can go in any bookstore. I mean, Barnes and Noble, right? They sell them there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right next to the tarot cards and all that. You know, but they're the children's toys and all that. So I, I just don't get it. And a lot of people just take that stuff too lightly because they think it's a joke. And sell some Well, they think them. it's just pure entertainment. And and here's the part that's telling me, you know, are are we getting into a generation where people just for lack of simple knowledge can't seem to find something more entertaining mm -hmm. than to delve into subjects like this. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Some Sometimes it's telling me that there's just not enough information out there to feed on. So mm -hmm. they're, they're thinking, oh, it's all glamorous to own an antique that's haunted. Right. Uh, you right. know, let's go and, and see if we can get some someone from the dead to come back up. And it's it's not a parlor game. I keep saying that in every podcast I go on. Um, mm -hmm. And the Roman Catholic Church that's close to me, thank goodness, is run by a Monsignor who's very understanding and very receptive to the fact uh, that there are things out there that could hurt mm -hmm. us. Uh, I've seen more conservative clergy that mm -hmm. will not will hush people when they talk about oh i think something's wrong with my child and it's not psychiatric right right this one is actually very receptive now i don't know about their parishioners i won't go into that but um you know suffice it to say the clergy themselves are a lot more open-minded so that if you approach them and tell them that there's a disturbance somewhere they will react and and react mm -hmm. in a suitable fashion mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I've met people who have actually 
called in paranormal investigators, gotten some results, gotten some recommendations and moved forward. Um, thank goodness some of them chose to move and that ended the misery. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes they stay just because it was in the family for a long time. So they go ahead and go through uh, 10 million different ways to try to rid whatever it is infesting the house. Right, um, right. But yes, I mean, going back to your original question, you have to really know to protect yourself. You have to be, I hate to be trite. I mean, I'm not trying to be a Bible thumper, but you do have to mm -hmm. be close to God. And your you prayers do, yeah. have to be sincere. Yeah. Yep. You can't just yeah, simply recite them and say, oh, yeah, well, now we're done. And now, you know, you, you have to really be fervently praying and you have mm -hmm. to really have a relationship. So there goes mm -hmm. my bandstand. <laughs> or soapbox. Well, you know, when you talk about the Catholics and the priests, for a long time, they looked down on ghost hunters and what we did because we're out doing mm -hmm. the stuff that you're not supposed to be dabbling in. But now, but you know, from from doing this for 18 years, I've seen changes. Like you say, there's changes now. There's a, there's more open-minded priests. Plus, you know, the, they want records. They want records of what's going on in the house before before they go out. They want to know, you know, exactly, not exactly what's going on, but they want to have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be facing if they do decide to go out. So we're the first line of defense. We're the first ones that have to go in and interview these people and do the investigation and if we and, and then figure it out and go, yeah, I think I think we need to go talk to the church about this, you know, clergy out here to deal with this. We can't deal with it. This is something that we yeah. can't handle. Had a case yeah. out here where the child actually did the spider walk, like in the Exorcist movie. Oh, wonderful. And so we had to call clergy on that one. And that went back years. That, that was a, uh, what, what they call it, an ancestral thing. That went back years. Because the, the grandmother or somebody in that family had been dealing in voodoo and black magic and stuff. And they didn't know it until all this stuff started happening to this little girl. You know? But that's what I'm saying is that the opinions of the church has, has swayed a little a little bit in our favor because they, they want us to keep meticulous records before they come out so they can see. And that way they can mm -hmm. present it to, you know, the bishop or whatever to say, look, there's the ghost hunters but there. This is what's going on out here. I think I should go mm -hmm. and help these people. But yeah, that opinion has changed completely. You're right. You know, the, 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 I'm not saying they're mellowing out, but they're mm -hmm. actually, you know, they're actually looking at us in a more favorable light because we're the first line of defense all this stuff. And, and, you know, that's good because there always used to be a stigma of, you, you know, you're just going in there and playing around mm -hmm. or you're doing this just because you want to be popular or whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think that definitely on the whole, there's paranormal investigators there like you who are very serious about mm -hmm. what they're doing. Uh, of course, there's also the ones that just are looking for sensationalism. Absolutely. Um, and and sometimes I I don't you know I don't claim to know all of them, but mm -hmm. certainly I've met some really good ones that I would be proud to know, because they are there to find a solution for these mm -hmm. people who are suffering just because, uh, you know, just something that they weren't aware they shouldn't do were doing, mm -hmm. or they move into a home that they never thought was infested. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, once it begins, it's very hard to remove. Uh, I yes. attest to that. I lived yeah. in two homes that were infested. 
Um, and, and because of that, we need a higher level of protection. We always yes. have to be mindful and to remember, um, and I'm trying to remember the phrase that's been used, uh, they're out there roaring like a lion waiting to pounce on you as soon mm -hmm. as you let down your guard. And that's the, that's the evil that yeah. lurks around. Um, and, and it is a sad thing, you know, for people who don't believe in multidimensionality, mm -hmm. um, these things that are lurking around us are very close to our dimension. Um, mm -hmm. And the ones that are benevolent, because they have progressed so much more, are way higher, but they are not that hard to summon either. And the sad part is, People like to dramatize things. They want to summon something that's more entertaining for them as opposed to someone who is so kind and so benevolent and say, oh, well, that's boring because nothing dramatic will happen. Well, guess what? You don't want drama. No, you don't no. want illness. You don't want misfortune. You don't want to lose your job. So yeah. <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. And I don't know what the laws are out now across the United States, but I know in California now, if somebody has died in the house, they have to tell you. Mm -hmm. If if the house has a ghost, they have to tell you. They have to tell you the house is haunted before you buy the house now. Well, so that's people great. Don't get, people don't get stuck in, in ugly situations. I don't know what it is back east if they have the same kind of rules, but that's what it is out here. People have it depends to, have on the state. I, from what I recall, someone had mentioned to me um, that, and, and I could be wrong, but I think someone mentioned to me that in New York, you don't have to, uh, I mean, other than the fact that, you know, you need a sump pump in the basement, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, in Pennsylvania, I understand that they don't have to disclose either. So you don't know what you're stepping into. Um, right. the, the general disclosure is more like the structural stuff rather than anything that's paranormal. And I think it has to do with how conservative the community is, to tell you the truth. I mm -hmm. mean, I think that a lot of times people poo-poo it when they're told something like that. And some people will definitely buy something just because it's haunted. And I think that's mm -hmm. totally crazy. Absolutely. Um, I know we've yeah. gotten calls in the past to go out to somebody's house before they decide to buy I, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would I would do that if, if I ever had to and, and knock on wood. I love this house that we're in. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. so bright and so light. Uh I walk in and I'm very happy to sleep in it. Uh I'm very happy to live in it. A lot of good things have happened in this house. Not too many bad things mm -hmm. have happened. As a matter of fact, no bad things have happened in this house. Right, right. Uh right. and I think it helps when you're you know, when you build something in celebration of a deity, whoever you choose to worship, that should be very visible in the house. Mm -hmm. And that increases the energy, at least it did for me, for us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that when you're walking into something that feels in despair, almost lonely or menacing or heavy, it's a heaviness. And no matter how many lights you turn on, it's dark. And Charlotte, I shared some pictures of a home recently that I was looking at. And I think you saw one bedroom there. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I thought of, and this is far away, this is in another country. 
uh, immediately shot out to me that something had happened there. Mm -hmm. Do you Absolutely. recall that? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. If you walk into a place like that, just like you were talking about the antiques, if you walk into a, a home or something and that's what you get the feeling of, then you're probably right. Those first impressions, you're probably mm -hmm. right. Because energy, wood, tie, you know, wood and stucco and all the building materials will hold energy. And that's where it stays, whether it's positive or negative, you know. Uh, it'll hold that energy. So, I mean, if, if you're, you have sensitive abilities, which, which you do, or whoever walks in, it's like anything else. You know, you, you know, like for me, you know, before I realized just how strong my abilities were, going to pick up mail, because I used to have a direct mail advertising business. And so there was this apartment that I had to go pick up mail, and I got in the elevator, and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to be in this elevator. <laughs> so I bailed, went home. My dad went to pick the mail up. Turns out some guy was stabbed and killed her a week before. Oh, wonderful. And I picked up on that energy. But, you know, buildings, that's, that's why ghost hunters like to go to old hotel, to old hotels and run down buildings and stuff because all that energy is kept within the walls. Yeah. So it's not per se that it's haunted. It's the, the, right. the feelings that were there, the energy of the feelings remain. Right. Yeah. You yeah. You feel all that. Somebody I'll get WD-40. This is kind of that creepy it's, feeling, isn't it? Yeah, um, and, and it's weird because, like, in the case of this picture that I put on Facebook, right. I'd never been there. I never even entered the house. I never got mm -hmm. as far as just looking at the picture. Right. And and there were two pictures that stood out to me. And and people who are curious, they can go on my Facebook page. Yes. Uh, they probably have to scroll down a little bit because this was probably a week ago when I posted it. Mm -hmm. But it's a picture of a bedroom. Uh, of a house that's for sale in a foreign country. I won't say which foreign country, but mm -hmm. there are two beds and they're facing a closet. The closet is the focal point of the room. Uh, and if you look inside the closet, you'll discover something that to me was a little unsettling. Mm -hmm. um, and, and eventually when you look again, you realize what it is. But the first impression you have uh, kind mm -hmm. of just comes across to you. It, it Right. It speaks to you. Right. Um, another picture has another bedroom in it. Uh, and in that one, right behind the bed on the wall are pictures of butterflies. Uh, I actually posted that as well after some people, there was a series of comments on the thread. Charlotte, that one, you know, one was yours. Right. Um, so I went back to the ad and I actually posted more of oh. the house without disclosing, you know, too much about where it is or whatever. Right. Um, but that second bedroom, someone made a comment that a 14 year old girl passed away on that bed on that particular, in that particular room. Wow. And it was a sad state of affair. She passed away because of mm -hmm. an illness. Um, and somehow is, I'm told, lingering. The child mm -hmm. is lingering in the room, also lingering in the kitchen. I also took a picture, or didn't take a picture, but posted a picture of the actual small kitchen mm -hmm. uh, where the child would play and walk around. Uh, and I was told the child was also in that particular room because it was a 
favorite spot of hers where she spent time with her mother. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so the the homes tell stories. Yes, they you do. know, they and tell I, stories. yeah. Just yeah, as so the, as, while we're talking about this, I'm getting creeped out about going to that chateau. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we talk about like haunted items, real quick before you go, I know I, okay. I, I, I know you need to be moving around here. Mm-hmm. Um, eBay. Oh my God! If you go on eBay and you type in haunted dolls or haunted items, I mean, you will get page after page after page of stuff. And I know people that will buy haunted dolls just to have them. Mm-hmm. And my whole thought is, oh my God, you know, you're asking for it. You might get yeah. lucky a few times, but at some point, you're going to get one particular doll that isn't so nice. You can't, yeah. it's just, it's not, you can't dabble in that stuff. I think my dad used to say it too, you know, about that whole mind over matter thing to create stuff. His theory, mm-hmm. his, his saying was, if you wish hard enough and you hope hard enough, your dream will come true. And I think mm-hmm. he was referring to like, ne- like negativity and stuff, you know, because you can create what, whatever you need to create in your mind, with your mind. And I carry yeah. that with me to this day. But people that, that want to buy haunted objects, I mean, unless you're John Zaffis and know what to do with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I don't see myself like purposefully on eBay going, oh, look, that looks creepy. Let's buy that. You know, that's not my thing. And I've been doing this for 18 years. You, you think, I, you know, because you, you look at my videos on TikTok. I mean, I'm doing creepy faces. I'm doing all this stuff. But I'm not that kind of person. This is just for fun. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and, 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 and buy a, a book about demons. I'm not going to sit there and buy, you know, a haunted doll. I'm just not my gig. But there's just so much stuff out there that people can access, you know, whether it's haunted or not. As long as yeah. it says haunted, they're going to buy it. Yeah. And I think people inwardly like to be scared just for the fun of it, but yeah. not realize the consequence, the long-term effects of these mm-hmm. things, which are not fun. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it, also come from the media when you think about it you know we came out with the movie annabelle uh a lot of people you know went to see that and still are you know renting it out on netflix etc etc and now annabelle's in a museum and has been for years uh and and you periodically see people posing and standing like oh look at me i'm standing right next to annabelle right well beyond that after the film has been processed or posted or whatever, mm-hmm. there's the menace that's entailed in being around an object that has an entity. Yes. Um, you know, so it, it's it's not like I'm trying to be Debbie Downer, but it's the truth. Right. It's, it, the truth. it's just it's one true. of those things you don't take lightly. Yeah. And, uh, and there are people that take it lightly. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like the people that even walk in there and challenge Annabelle end up in car accidents, end up, you know, getting hurt and things like yeah. that. And, and it's just not yeah. a game. It's not a game. You know what? It's always fun to talk to you. It's always a Thank good time. Thank you. Always have fun. It's with a good you. time. <laughs> it's always a good time. Always a good time to talk to you. So don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you a little bit off screen. I'll tell you about that couple. Oh, okay. I'll tell you about that couple. So let me, okay. so I'll close this out and then we'll talk, we'll talk for a couple more minutes and then I'll let you go. You get back. To your All, right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so just don't go anywhere. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right, that was great. It's always fun to talk to Anna Maria. Tomorrow, we're going to be we've got another one of our favorite authors coming on, Sylvia Schultz. She is the author of this, this scary Christmas book that we're reading for the season. 
and she's also the author of also a ghost hunter who likes who likes to go ghost hunting and write her books as well and she's visited the, the, the Peoria State Mental Hospital several times and she has a book about her return there and it's a very interesting book. I, I've read it from cover to cover and I, I just love reading her stuff. She's going to be with us tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, to talk about her books. And uh, that's Sylvia Schultz. So don't miss that show tomorrow. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. You know, there's always tech issues. That's what we go through. It's just just how we are here. Loose ship. But uh, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. So I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific with Sylvia Schultz. So here we go. Let me get us out of here. Boom. <laughs>